0: Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Well, who's ready? All right, come on. Now, listen, I told the 9:30, I preach a lot better and a lot faster if you amen throughout the message. So, if you want to get home for lunch, just say a few amens and we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, but there it is. So, you got some hungry people in this place. Uh, but we're super, super excited. And hey, we're, conti- we're continuing and wrapping up a series called Seed to Seeds. And if you haven't been with us the past few weeks, I'm going to catch you up right now. This series was kind of created out of a passion that we have to say, yes. Blaze Church is radically generous. There are so many people that contribute to the radically generous culture of Blaze Church. However, maybe during that time of our worship service, when we say we are radically generous, if you're honest, you'd say, you know what? I struggle with radical generosity. I don't know that I am radically generous. And so throughout these weeks, we've been discovering truths of God's word that help us grow in radical generosity. So the first week, we learned that every person has the potential. Say the word potential. Has a potential. You have the potential to be radically generous. The lie of culture says, no, I can't be radically generous because I don't have enough. But the truth of God's word is everything you have was given to you by the Lord. Like, he trusts us with it. We're not owners. We're managers. And because of that, we all have the potential to make a difference by helping others, by giving. In the second week, we learned about placement. Go ahead and say that word. Placement. So with the right potential, if we don't have the right placement in life, or we would say the right worldview, the right belief system, then all the potential will just get choked out. In fact, we read the story Jesus told of the seed, which you and I are, that might land on hard ground where the enemy lies and steals. It might land on the stony ground where we get excited, but it never actually happens because there's no roots. Or it might be on the thorny ground where we're starting to grow and we're starting to give, but boom, the car blows up. The refrigerator goes. There's no margin in our life. There, there's nothing. We feel the pressure and we want more for us and the seed gets choked. And then we learned about the good ground. Last week, I talked about patterns. Go ahead and say that word, patterns. And how we learned that even with the right potential and the right placement, if we have bad financial patterns in our lives, if we're living without limits, if we're not paying off debt and staying out of debt, if there's no budgeting, if there's no savings account, if there's no emergency fund, if we're not giving all of that, Won't matter with all the potential. We need the right patterns. Today, we're going to finish up with produce. Go ahead, say that. Produce. Because ultimately, we want to be a seed that produces more seeds, which simply means you want to take all the potential you have, be in the right place, be living out the right patterns so that other people might be impacted by your radical generosity. So I want to read to you the words of Paul as he reminds us of the words of Jesus as we get started. Acts 20, verse 35. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. This is important. You should remember this. And here's what they are. In fact, say the whole thing with me. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you have heard that before or something like that before? More blessed to give than to receive. Okay, a few hands going up. So maybe this is your first time. So now you're going to hear it and remember it. Notice what Jesus is not saying because these are his words. He's not saying it's not a blessing to receive. Can I get a good amen? (laughs) Christmas is coming. Give me gifts, everybody. You're saying that too. I want want to receive, especially if it's in the form of coffee and and things that that you like, right? Just give give me some good gifts. Not wrong to receive. However, what Jesus is saying is if giving and receiving were an either or option, Jesus leans heavy on the giving he puts the emphasis on giving. Now, you know this is true in your life, even if you've never lived out God's principles. How many times have you had somebody sit down to share with you an emotional consumption story? (laughs) Keith, let me tell you, when I brought that new TV into my home, the angels were singing, the heavens parted, it was beautiful, I felt so good, I bought a car. I drove it off the lot. It depreciated by $10,000 instantly. It was awesome. I just, I just love when I get stuff from you. Come on, we don't have those stories. You know that. We buy something, it's new and it's shiny, and it's, next year it's lost, broken, or downgraded. On, that's, that's consumption stories. But rather, you and I have giving stories where we sit down and say, you know what? We didn't even have enough to do this, but we did it. We, we brought in groceries for the Thanksgiving baskets at Blaze Church. We, we bought toys. We gave above and beyond. We made a difference. And you sit down and you share. That giving made a difference in my life. It moved me. It marked me. Tomorrow, we're going to have a story to share at Blaze Church because we're getting ready to give away 75 baskets filled, yeah, filled with food and gift cards to families right here in Riverhead who are in need. And that's going to be a story that you get to tell Because you chose radical generosity. So Jesus says, it's way more blessed. You know this is true. But we get tripped up on giving. And I think there's really two reasons why we get tripped up on giving. The first reason why it's hard to give is because we're living without limits. We talked about that last week. If right now you're hearing me talk about giving, you're thinking, yeah, but I have bills, and I've got debt, and I've got no margin, and I'm paycheck to paycheck. Of course it's hard to give. You're not living healthy, financial, biblical principles. But, go back to last week's message, visit fpu.com and get on a plan. giving. So that's the first reason why we might not give. It's just too hard. Here's a second reason, and I gotta acknowledge this because of where I am and where you are today. Manipulation. Oftentimes, people are not moved to give, will not respond to give because of manipulation, because of someone with a microphone or a presentation that shows a bunch of pictures and brings a bunch of guilt and passes a lot of plates and says, We're not leaving until we hit this goal. Anyone here, you ever been manipulated into giving before? Ever seen a, a commercial or, or in a religious setting? Some, yeah, we, we have those stories. And so I know what I'm up against this morning, especially if you're new, right? Someone invited you. Don't worry, come to Blaze Church. It's awesome they never talk about money. Hi, I'm Keith. We're going to talk about money for the next 25 minutes. I get that. I I know this is weird and awkward, and the elephant is is right there. It's in the room. We all see it, and and so I want you to let your guard down this morning, and I want to be very upfront and clear with what my agenda is. Everybody's got an agenda today, so let me share with you what my agenda is for you to simply discover the joy of giving per scripture. That's it. Just to say, you know what? I don't know that I'm giving yet. I want to get there, but at least I discovered there's And so I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to twist your arm. In fact, as we get to one verse, I'm following the command of Scripture that says there's no compulsion when it comes to giving. We're not passing any plates, and all you have on your seat is simply inviting you to be a part of something we want to do as a church in the next few weeks, which is give away. This isn't even for us. This is saying, let's just give away more. Let's just be a blessing because we're radically generous. And so would you come with me on this journey? Is that okay? All right, just hear my heart on this, and especially if you're new, Not asking you to give today, but I want you to be able to answer this question. Simply this What is giving? What is it? Now, the challenge I have is not to define what it is by using the word. That's what I'm going to do. You ever play taboo where you have to get the people to say the word without using any of the words that will help you? Right? So I don't want to just be like, guys, here's what giving is it means to give. Let's go home. That, that's, that's, that's easy. That, that doesn't satisfy us. Especially if you have kids in your life, you know, the next question is why, 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 right? like the little birds from the seagulls on Nemo. Mine, mine, mine. Oh, it's why, 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 right? That's good. They want to dig down deep. So let's dig down deep. And I want to give you six definitions of what giving is from scripture. I'm just going to read it and show it to you. It's all I'm going to do. And so if you're not taking notes already, now's a good time as we get into Paul's words now, before we read, I want to give you a little bit of insight. Paul is writing to a church in Corinth, and he's writing about another church in Macedonia. So let's make it practical. It's as if he was writing to Blaze Church, and he's writing about the radical generosity of Centerpoint Church. Shout out to Pastor Brian McMillan, one of our overseers. Yeah, just, he's saying, hey, look, look at what Centerpoint's doing, Blaze. That's what Paul's doing. He's saying, hey, Corinth, look at what Macedonia is doing. I want to show you what he says. So here he goes in 2 Corinthians chapter eight, verse two. Say verse two, verse two. Don't you remember that? In the midst of a very severe trial, there—that's the Macedonians, because he's writing to the people of Corinth. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in complaining. (laughs) That's not fair. Why are we struggling? Why is it so hard? It doesn't well up in any of that. Their extreme poverty. What does it well up in? Rich generosity. How many would like to have that attitude about them? Because my hand's going up right now. Where a hardship leads to rich generosity. Like that's awesome. Okay, so how do I get there, Paul? How did the Macedonians do that? Every time I say it, I want to say Macedonian. It's just I'm gonna say it at some point. Just forgive me. For I testify, here's what he knows, that they, the Macedonians, gave as much as they were able. Hold on, we just read they were in extreme poverty. What do you mean as much as they were able? Oh, and they even gave beyond their ability. So what what is happening here? The first thing that we're seeing that Paul says about these believers and their radically generous culture is this. Giving is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. They had extreme poverty they, they didn't have a margin. They didn't have a plan for it. They were facing hardship, and yet all of that welled up in radical generosity. All of that welled up in them, and it said, you know what? We want to give, and notice what the verse said, give beyond our ability. Too often, I found in my life that when I sense God saying, give, meet a need in someone's life. Just recently, Amy and I, we had the Holy Spirit just kind of just, we, we believe, speak to us and say, hey, Friends of ours, financial hardship didn't plan for, you know, appliance goes down. Let's give. Let's help them. Let's bless them. And in that moment, the pushback is, hold on, Jesus, let me make sure you're coming in clear. If I give, I'm going to have to cancel some things. Like I may have to not go out to eat this week. You want me to grind my own coffee instead of paying the barista to do it for me? You want me to give up coffee? You you want me to giving is a sacrifice. So right on the front end, what Paul says is, if you're, if you're facing giving and you're saying, yeah, but in order to give, I'm going to have to scale back. I'm going to have to budget. I'm going to have to sacrifice. God's saying, exactly. Like, that's the point of giving. (laughs) Let me give it to you this way. Giving is the tool that God has given us to combat greed in our own hearts. Like, you have a tool in your arsenal to pull out and say, greed is starting to come in deal of the day black friday deals even though it's been black friday apparently all month long anybody notice that every day is a black friday deal i'm like what when is friday i have no you don't confuse me i'm already confused about what day it is (laughs) black friday black friday but all the deals are coming so look what god does he says greed is going to come at you here's a way to combat it giving yeah but giving is going to be a sacrifice exactly guys god loved god gave it was a sacrifice for him to send his son to this world the heart of generosity. It's a sacrifice. So Paul says the Macedonians, they didn't even have enough and yet they gave beyond their ability. He goes on, he says this, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us. What did they plead for? They were facing hardship. Did they plead, send us some money, we need some help, help us out here? No, they actually plead for the, say the word with me, privilege. For the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. What a different mindset about giving. They're not looking at giving as a burden that's crushing them, but rather they're saying it's a blessing. It is, here's our second definition, a privilege. Giving is a privilege. See, that's why when we talk about giving here at Blaze Church, which we do every week, every week we talk about money at Blaze Church. This is not like a weird thing. We always talk about it because it's a privilege It's an act of worship to the Lord. It's not a have to. It's what? A get to. And we get to do this. And the Macedonian believers are actually pleading with Paul saying, no, no, I know we don't have a lot, but don't skip over us. We'll find something to sacrifice and we'll make sure we're a part of that. Like we want to make sure that we're in on this radically generous culture. Because they saw it as a privilege. Maybe today the reason why we struggle with giving is because our worldview is, I have to instead of I get to. It's a burden instead of a blessing. We're not seeing it as a gift from God. And these believers saw that and they said, no, no, I want that privilege. So Paul's talking again about the Macedonians to the Corinthians, and now he's going to start talking directly to the Corinthians. He's going to teach them. And what I love about Paul's teaching is he doesn't apply his title to his teaching. In other words, he's an apostle. He's an eyewitness of Christ. He's started churches. He's writing letters. And he doesn't start off this segment of his letter and saying, listen to me, I'm apostle Paul. I've got the credentials to speak to you. I'm calling on all my degrees that I got and you have to listen to me. I'm commanding you. He He doesn't appeal to that as he preaches on giving. Look instead what he points to as the best motivation for us to give. In fact, he says in verse eight, I'm not commanding you. This this is not a command. I'm not commanding you, but I do want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So here's Paul, and he's got all these churches that he's planted, and he's saying, I know what the Macedonians are doing with this. I I want to see, what do you do, Corinth? You need a little motivation to be radically generous. So what does he do? Does he provide guilt? Does he provide fear? Does he say, if you don't give, give, God's not going to bless you? No. Look at the next verse. He says, for you know the grace. How many are thankful that they know the amazing grace of God today? He says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What did that look like, Paul? Oh, it looked like this. Though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. What does Paul do here? He gives us the gospel. Giving is a sacrifice. Giving is a privilege. And third, giving is the gospel. Think about this. When you give, you're gospeling your heart. You're preaching the good news to your heart to say, I give in response to a God who first gave. God gave first. Our love for him is not the first step. It's a response step for his great love for us. And when we give, we're simply following in the radically generous culture of our God. Like he says, Jesus, who was rich, became poor for our sake. You understand, before Jesus walked this world, he existed. He's with the Father and the Spirit. And and Jesus can just do this. Boom, cappuccino. It's there. All the riches are at his disposal. It doesn't doesn't matter what he wants. There's no limits. And he puts on a human shell. And he's limited. And as we're going to celebrate next month, he's born in a manger. He's He's walking this world and he has limits. In fact, there's a moment where the enemy comes and tempts him and shows him, it says, the riches of the world. It says, like, remember you had all this. Don't you want it again? No, because he became poor for our sake so that through him we might become rich and understand the richness that we receive is way greater than a full bank account. It is the eternal life that we get from Jesus. It is real life. It is knowing our sins are forgiven and we are a new creation. And so I want you to think, when you give, you're living out the gospel with your finances. You're saying, God, you gave first, and so I'm giving. Now, the question that often comes up as we talk about giving and money in the church is this question. How much? Anyone ever thought that before? Right, like, How much? How, where, do I, where do I start? What do I do here? How do I even begin giving? Where do I start? And so I want to show you what Paul says right in these verses, as he's writing to the church of Corinth. He says this, each of you should give, how much, Paul? What you've decided in your heart. Well, that's vague. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Good looking out. You give what you decided. We're going to read on. I'm going to show you. It's not as vague as we think. Not reluctantly. We're under compulsion. For God loves, say this with me, a cheerful giver. So, What Paul does and doesn't do in this moment, he's not explicit in the amount that believers are called to give. He's not explicit. He's not saying here very clearly a percent or dollar amount. Rather, he's giving us guidelines. He's saying it shouldn't be reluctant. It shouldn't be under compulsion. Nobody should be guilting you into this. There should be cheer in your heart. What has Paul told us so far? We've seen one that giving is a sacrifice. They gave beyond their ability. It wasn't just when they had extra. If you're waiting for the end of the month to give, understand there'll always be more month than there will be money. (laughs) There'll always just be something that comes up. Giving is predecided. It's a sacrifice. It's a privilege. It's a blessing, not a burden. It's the gospel. So let's rephrase the question. Instead of just saying, how much do I have to give, which is often the question, which really implies, what's the baseline amount that I would satisfy the Lord with, with my money? He doesn't need that. <laughs> and that's not cheerful. Yeah. Let's rephrase it. In light of the gospel, in light of a sacrificial giving, In light of it's a privilege to give. It's a gift to give. Lord, how much are you calling me to give right now? And if we zoom out even beyond this passage, we'll see that when people were changed by the gospel, they were radically generous. So there's a principle in Scripture that maybe you're familiar with, and I'm going to explain it if you've never heard it. It's called tithing. How many have ever heard the word tithe before? Okay, a few hands going up. I'll explain it to you the way I explain it to my children. They're seven and five. I'm not calling you a toddler, but I'm going to give you the toddler definition. It's simply the first and the best, 10%. That's what we say with our kids. It's the first and the best, and it's the first 10%. In fact, we teach our kids, we don't use the word giving for tithing. We say tithing is not giving because tithing is simply bringing back to the Lord what's his. Giving is when we bring back more than the first 10%. And that's just how we navigate it in our family from what we see in Scripture. So the principle of tithing, and notice I'm calling it a principle, is found all throughout Scripture. It's before the law. This isn't the law didn't create tithing. People before the law tithed to the Lord. They gave the first 10%. In the law, it's supported The prophet Malachi called out the people of Israel because they stopped tithing. And Jesus actually says his words, you should tithe. So before the law, in the law, after the law, Jesus, before he resurrects, before he dies on the cross, says you should tithe. And he also says, and don't forget about justice and love because there was a bunch of people who were given their first 10% and then they hated people. Okay, it doesn't work like that. Jesus is like, yeah, I'll give you my money, but I still will not forgive that person. I will not love them. No, no, you you need justice. You need love. Both end. So here's what we do in in our home. I'm just sharing with you now, just as a parent, what I do with my kids. We apply the principle of tithing with our children as a baseline of giving. So just this past week, uh, we practiced Financial Peace University Junior with our children. They have three envelopes, Give, Save, Live, And we do a 10, 10, 80, Dave Ramsey, just save 10, give 10, live on 80. And my son made a whopping $5.50 this week, everybody. He's excited. He's on his way to a video game. He can't believe that much money is his. And and we call it commission. Again, we just practice Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey has all that stuff on his website. And so we got his payday, $5.50. And the first thing I asked him is, what are you going to do first? And he said, tithe. And I said, how much? And he said, 50 cents. And I said, close. (laughs) And so we put it on paper, $5.50. And once he saw it spelled out, he knew what to do. He canceled the zero at the end and said, 55 cents. I said, absolutely. We're going to give back to the Lord the first 10%. And I share this not to brag on him or me. I'm letting you know this is stuff we're walking through as a parent. I'm right here with you. And so this morning he came in with his quarter, his two dimes, his two nickels, got an envelope from the back, put his name on it, and he worshiped the Lord through his tithing this morning. And I apologize to the counting team, Sam. There will be some quarters in the box today. They're always like, can you just use dollar bills? It's always harder when there's clanking change. But we're, we're, teaching them, we're teaching them financial principles from an early age, everybody. Now, I want to go to this verse because I just said a lot of talking. This is not under compulsion. I'm not saying up here that if you're not given the first 10%, that you're in sin or you better step it up or you've got to. Remember what we just started. This is a privilege. This is a get to, not a got to. I'm sharing with you I have practiced my whole life tithing. I'm grateful my parents started me with tithing. In fact, today's my dad's birthday, and he's sitting up here. Can we just say, happy birthday to my dad. And um, since I was young, I remember on birthdays getting money, on holidays getting money, and it was, just, it was in me. Just $100, $10, bring it back to the Lord. And you may say, yeah, but that's legalistic. That's rules-based. That's horrible. Was there guilt? Was there shame? No. Honestly, I'll tell you from my experience, no guilt, joy and excitement, like, I'm the kind of guy that I'm so glad God takes the brain work out of it for me. Literally, money comes my way. Okay, 500 bucks, easy, $50. Like, I don't even have to think because it's just, God just put this principle in place. And then I'll tithe and say, okay, Lord, what else? Because that's offerings. Now, what do you want me to give beyond that? But I'm just, I'm operating in this lane. And I want to show you, as we read on, giving is a sacrifice. It's a privilege. It's the gospel. And here we are on the fourth one. It's personal. Please hear that. It's personal. So I'm encouraging you today, as you're hearing my story, maybe talk to others in your small group this week. Hey, what does giving look like for you? How much of a percent do you bring back to the Lord in light of what you know about the gospel? To give sacrificially, what does it look like in your life? And then go to the Lord and ask Him, God, what would you have me give as we prepare to give away as a church $30,000 in just four weeks? Lord, what what would you have me give? Three weeks. We just lost a week, everybody. Just did the math in my head. What would you have me give? He'll, he'll tell you because it's personal. Let's read on a few more things. It says this in verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be, what's the word there? Generous. So on every occasion and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You got to hear this because this is a huge lie of culture, really of Christian culture that says, if you just give, usually someone's pounding something, then you're going to get. Come on, if you just sow, then you're going to reap. You have debt, give more away, God will pay off the debt. Have you not read Proverbs? (laughs) Deliver yourself from the hand of the Fowler. Like, no, you got to do the hard work. You got yourself in the debt. Get out of the debt. That's a false gospel that says if you give, you're going to get more. Scripture says when we give, God gives us more so we can give more. Everybody, take out your hand. We all have one. (laughs) Like, here it is. Hey, you got your hand. Make it a fist. Make it a fist. Come on, play along with me. Make it a fist. I can't see you, so I don't know if you're playing along with me or not. I got the lights in my eyes. All right, here's a fist. Nothing goes in, nothing comes out. Often, this is how we navigate our finances in the world of giving. I've got my income, I've got my bills, I've got my fun, and I just don't have the ability to give. Now open your hand. Now that your hand is open, stuff can actually flow into it. Go ahead and turn it over. That's you letting it go. Turn it back over. It's empty now, Lord, what do I do? Oh, I'm gonna give you more. Why? Turn it back. So I can give. Yeah, but it's empty again, God. Just turn it back over. I'm going to give you some more. Put your hand down. We're going to play the hokey pokey next. Like, put this in, put this out. It's scripture. We read it in the first week. If you're faithful with a little, then I'll trust you with more. I like what Randy Alcorn says. He says, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. See, a false gospel would tell you if you want more for you, just start to give more and then you'll get more. And then when you don't get more, you think the formula was messed up and you stop giving. That's a false gospel. God's word says, be radically generous so that I can enrich you. So that when there's opportunities, whether it's a friend whose boiler blows up, or it's a car, or it's someone loses their job, Or it's a church that says we have a vision to bless others. You could say, oh, on every occasion, I'm already enriched to be a blessing. Here's how I'll say it. Fifth definition, giving increases giving. When we give more, God says, oh, I see what you're doing there. I could trust you with more. You're combating the greed in your heart. If you think more money is the way to combat the greed in your heart, and once you get more, then you'll start giving, you're just going to have more money and still be a greedy jerk. Can I say that in church? I just did. That's all that's going to happen. More money is not going to suddenly make you generous. It's a predecision. It's saying, God, you've given me this, and it's going to be a sacrifice. Yep, I'm going to have to scale back, but it's a privilege and it's the gospel every time I give. And so I'm going to give because it's personal and it's going to lead to more giving. And here's how he wraps it up. He says, Because of this service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. We have a family value that we say in our home, God gives us things to share. We constantly say it about the same color macaroni and cheese crayon that both my kids want at the same time. Hey, God gave us that to share. But it's a principle. Do you understand that? God has given you things so that you can share with others. And if you're, I get it, you're hearing me. And as I said this morning, I'm the guy with the microphone, and I'm talking about giving. Giving. I'll say this to you. If you don't trust giving through the local church that you're connected to, you need to find a local church that you trust to give through. You need to. You have to be, you have to say, I love the vision of this church. I love, I trust the leadership of this church. I see where the money makes a difference here. And so I want to be radically generous. Because here's what giving does according to Paul. He says, because of your giving, more people are going to believe the confession of Jesus. In other words, they're going to come to know God. I'll say it this way. The last definition, giving advances the mission. And we have a mission here at Blaze Church, and it's not hidden. In fact, if you know it, say it with me. We exist to blaze the way for people to what? Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. It's right on the wall in the back. It's on everything we do. We want people who are far from him to know him because he's the God who made him and has a plan for their life. And once they know him, then they start this beautiful journey of finding freedom and the old patterns die and the addictions die and the marriages are restored and parenting is different and life is different because now we're finding freedom. And I meet so many people who don't know their purpose in life. In fact, right now in culture, we have an identity crisis issue. People don't know who they are. They're trying to find themselves and figure out their identity and who God made them. They're not even asking that question. They're just saying, Who am I? And we're saying, But God made you. You don't have to wonder who you are. God created you. And He's got a purpose for your life. And when you discover that, you'll start to make a difference. Because that's the mission of Blaze Church. It's why we're here on the east end of Long Island. And when we give, when we embrace radical generosity, the mission advances. More people come to know God. And so that's why we give. Does anyone remember the verse we started with? We said it together. Who remembers? We started in verse what? Two. Two. What happened to verse one? Let's read it. This is that where we're going to end? And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And then Paul writes what we just read for 30 minutes. But where he starts Is where I want to end because I want to cast some vision for you right now. He says, We want you to know about the grace of this other church. And then he says, Look at all they've done to be radically generous. What if God has given Blaze Church a grace of giving so that we might be trailblazers, not just for those who don't know God, but to inspire other churches on the East End to adopt a culture of radical generosity? Could you believe that with me for a moment? Because I believe that with over 20,000 people that just reside in Riverhead, we want all churches on the east end of Long Island to be radically generous. We want to inspire all believers to say, this is not about one church. This is not about Blaze Church. This is about the church of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God advancing on the east end. And I want people to say in a good way, did you hear what Blaze Church did at Thanksgiving? They gave away 75 baskets filled with food. Did you hear that they gave away $30,000 to build a well in another part of the world so people could have access to clean water? I want those stories for us, not so that our name is lifted up, but so that the name of Jesus is lifted up on Long Island. So that people might say, well, if they're doing it, they've got that grace. I want to do it too. And suddenly we start to see this East End change by the gospel of Jesus. So where do we go from here? I want to invite you to do one thing this week. And it's not give. It's not even give today. I want you to start here. Ask the Lord this question. In light of everything I discovered on Sunday, I'm going to put it all on the screen. Let's throw that up there right now so you can take a picture if you want. Here's all six. In light of the fact that giving is a sacrifice, it's a privilege, it's the gospel. Lord, I know it's personal. It's between you and I, It increases giving and it's going to advance the mission. In light of that, here's the question I want you to ask the Lord this week What would you have me give? Both in tithes, which I'll just say your regular act of worship. Paul goes on to say in that passage, on the first day of the week, you set aside a sum of money. So, in tithes or in giving and in offerings for something special, to say, Lord, what would you have me give? Let me speak to Blaze Church for a minute. So if you're listening, you're here, and you're a first-time guest, it's a good time to check your Instagram, see if you have any notifications, or listen in on us. Let me just speak to Blaze Church. Blaze Church, as we get ready for a seed offering in three weeks, I want you to understand, it's called a seed offering for a reason. It's above our regular giving. It's an offering. It's above our tithe. Don't direct your tithe to the seed offering on December 12th and say, well, that day I just decided to give here, unless we all want to gather outside with no heat at some point. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, understand, you know that our tithe, is, that, that helps us make a difference here. There's kids on the other side of this wall right now being impacted by the gospel through radical generosity. There's things that happen with our regular giving. This is, this is above that. And so if you're not giving at all yet, ask the Lord, what would you have me first give? God, I, I'm not ready for seed offering. I just need to know how I can start giving to trust you, to start combating greed. Start there. But if you're already tithing and you're already giving to the Lord what's his, now you say, okay, God, what am I going to sacrifice? Maybe I'm not going to go out to eat at all in the month of December because I'm going to take that and I want to be a blessing through seed offering. He'll show you some creative ways. But man, how many know and would say amen with me that giving truly is better than receiving? That's why Jesus said that it's way more blessed to give. Would you stand up? We're going to sing and worship one more song uh, with one more song. We're going to sing about the provision of our God. We're going to sing about how he is the Lord who provides. And just as we read the gospel, he who was rich was made poor for our sakes. As we sing this song, I want you to show who provides. He is, well, we're going to sing Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. But before we sing, today may be a day for you where you don't know, thank you, you don't know who Jesus is as your Savior. If you're honest, you've heard about him. Maybe you've been to church before, you've read before, but you've never made a, decision and a declaration to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I surrender me to you. And I want to invite you to do that today because scripture says the gift of God is eternal life. It's nothing you can work for. It's nothing you or I deserve or can earn. It is what Paul said, radical generosity. God loved and he gave. And today I want to invite you to receive his gift. So as a church, we're going to say a prayer We're going to speak to God. The reason why we do this is because maybe you've never prayed before. So we want to set you up to speak to him in this moment. But these words, they're just words if it's not an act of surrender in our lives to say, this is my declaration. This is my truth. And today's a starting point. And when you leave, we have a book we want to give you. It says, what's my next step? And you just start to discover what it means to live for Jesus. But he says, you call on his name and you're saved. And so we're going to call on the name of the Lord as a church, and I'm going to invite you to make that decision. If you want to know Jesus as your Savior today, you want to say, Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord, forgive me of my sins. As we pray, join us. Let's say this together, church. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven. I thank you for new life. Today I surrender mine. In your name, amen. We believe what scripture says, that if we call on him, we are saved. And so church, can we celebrate with people who are being saved right now in this space saying, I am a new creation. As we sing, our welcome team will walk around and they'll have that booklet. Just go ahead and poke them. Say, wave at them. Say, I need that. Whatever you gotta do, get one of those booklets. So that way you leave here with a resource. But I wanna pray right now for you as well that we be radically generous. So one more time, would you bow your head? Father, I pray for everyone in this space. Lord, that we would embrace radical generosity, that we recognize all that giving is and it's not about compulsion or have to. It's not about guilt. It's not about us. It's an act of worship. So we thank you for the gift of giving. Lord, as we move closer to Seed Offering Sunday, we already praise you for the radical generosity that will be on display through Blaze Church. So Jesus, we ask you today and we ask you this week, In light giving as a sacrifice and a privilege, and that it's personal, it's the gospel, it advances the mission, it leads to more giving. In light of all of that, what would you have us give? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.